Here's a taste of what you guys will get on today's episode of Walk a Day in My Culture. But at the same time, while it gave us a break, it didn't ignore the issues at hand. It didn't sweep the issues under the rug and the issues were actually put in your face, but you still had a break. And if that ain't black excellence, I don't, I don't know what is. Now keep listening to today's episode because there are some cultural jewels that I am dropping on y'all. And of course, thank you so much for your support. Enjoy the episode. What's up, y'all? I'm jumping on real quick to ask you all to do me a favor. If you are a listener of my podcast, make sure to leave me a review. I don't care if you've been listening from day one or if this is your first time listening. Go ahead and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Why? Well, the obvious reason is, of course, I want to hear from you all and I want to know how the episodes are landing with you. But the more important reason is when you leave a review, it helps other people to find my podcast. So ultimately, you are joining me in the quest to helping others become more culturally aware by spreading the word and helping them to walk a day in my culture. So after you hear this episode, take a few minutes at the end and leave me a review. I'm thanking you in advance for being part of making cultural change, one listen at a time and one review at a time. Alrighty, let's jump into the podcast. Dr. Carter G. Woodson, 1875-1950. Dr. Carter G. Woodson, a Harvard PhD, was an editor, educator, author, and quote, the father of modern Negro histography, end quote. He was also the founder of the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History, the Associated Publishers, and the Journal of Negro History. In 1926, he initiated Negro History Week, which later evolved into Black History Month in 1976. Woodson was born in New Canton, Virginia, December 19, 1875, to newly freed slaves James and Ann Eliza Woodson and was the oldest of nine children. His family was extremely poor and had to rely on Woodson's small wage from his work in the coal mines. When he was 17, his family relocated to Fayette, Virginia. He took another job in the coal mines, but was permitted to attend Douglas High part-time. He completed his coursework in a year and a half, graduating in 1896. Thereafter, he entered Berea College in Kentucky and soon returned to Douglas High as its principal, serving from 1900 to 1903. In the meantime, he took correspondence courses, attended summer autumn sessions at the University of Chicago, receiving a BA degree in 1907 and an MA degree in 1908. During the period of 1903 to 1909, he served as supervisor of schools in the Philippines. He traveled to Asia, North Africa, and Europe completing extensive coursework and becoming proficient in Spanish and French. Back in the States, 
while in residence at Harvard University, he taught English, Spanish, French, and history at Dunbar High in Washington, D.C. from 1909 to 1918. While teaching, he also did research at the Library of Congress for his doctoral dissertation, which was called The Disruption of Virginia, and received his PhD from Harvard in 1912. As a result of his years of study and research, Dr. Woodson came to realize that the black man's past contributions had to be documented and taught. He concluded that, quote, if a race had no recorded history, its achievements would be forgotten and, in time, claimed by other groups, end quote. He found that many of the achievements by Blacks were overlooked, ignored, and even suppressed by writers of history textbooks. It was his dream that the truth would be revealed as to Afro-Americans' contributions to the discovery, pioneering, development, and continuous continuance excuse me, of America. His prime ambition was that, quote, young Blacks would grow up with a firm knowledge of their ancestors, end quote. One of his most popular textbooks, The Negro in Our History, was widely used for years in high schools, colleges, and universities. Dr. Woodson was often ridiculed for his efforts. At one time, large foundations were encouraged to withdraw funding of over $100,000 in support of the ASNLH, which evolved into the Association for the Study of Afro-American Life and History. Taking full burden of his cause with perseverance and vision, Dr. Woodson researched, sorted, and compiled voluminous information about the American Negro. The ASNLH held its first meeting in Chicago in 1915. The following year from the association sprung the publication of the Journal of Negro History, a scientific quarterly. Dr. Woodson served as director and editor of this publication until his death. From 1919 to 1920, Dr. Woodson served as dean of the School of Liberal Arts and head of the graduate facility at Howard University. For the next two years, he was dean of West Virginia Collegiate Institute. In 1922, he retired from college teaching and spent the rest of his life editing and promoting Black history. On April 3, 1950, Dr. Carter G. Woodson died. Although he produced no offspring, he fathered the recording of a people's history and nurtured its growth and development into recognition and acceptance. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Walk a Day in My Culture. This is a podcast where I help you increase your cultural awareness by simply talking with you about the daily experiences I have as a Black woman. I believe that if y'all can hear my experiences, you can hypothetically walk a day in my culture, which helps you to literally walk on the path of increasing your cultural awareness. So let's get into today's episode, which is entitled hashtag Black Excellence. Before we get into the episode, you already know at the top of each episode, I 
do a rest in peace segment. And so this week, I just want us to take a second to honor Secura Turner, if I'm saying her name correctly. It's so sad. She is an eight-year-old little girl who um, lost her life to gun violence um, in the city of Atlanta. And so, you know, we just gotta we just gotta take a moment for her um, and just just have a moment of silence. So let's all just kind of hope that Secura Turner is resting in peace and let's give her a moment of silence. All right, y'all. So yeah, that story broke my heart. It's so sad. It's such a sad little story. Um, and it actually was a lot of kids that died this past um, weekend. You all know that it was the 4th of July weekend. And so I do believe some of those kids were um, black kids, kids of color um, also. But regardless, um, any life is is really hard um, when they are lost. But when children are lost, it's just really, really bad. And so I just, I could not be up here naming kids that done died. Um, I just couldn't do it. But just for the record, Secura Turner did not die at the hands of like a white racist police officer or a white racist person. Um, she died at the hands again, like I said, of gun violence in her neighborhood, um, right down the street from where Rashad Brooks, um, or actually I think it was across the street from where Rashad Brooks was killed by police officers. Um, and I put her on there on purpose because Mayor, um, Keisha Lance Bottoms, she said it perfectly, but to sum up basically what she said is that people aren't going to take us as black people seriously if we killing ourselves. And so she was killed by, you know, within her own neighborhood by black folks. And I just put that on here because we got to do better. Like we got to do better. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, it's bad enough that others don't value our lives. But then when we don't value our lives, then they just sitting back looking and, you know, kicking and like, well, you know what, if them, if we don't kill them, then them fools go kill themselves. And so that's why I put her on here because let's not let this child die in vain. And let's really, really do something different as black people. We really got to tap into our black excellence. And so I'm going to really talk a lot about black excellence today in the episode. But before I kind of map out for you all what is going to happen for today, I just want to give you all two announcements. Number one, as you can see, we are on our third volume of our little books, y'all. We got eight of these little books in total. So we got five more to go. Um, but we are in our third volume and this one is called A Salute to Black Pioneers. And as you can see, they starting off real good with the heavy hitters with Dr. Carter G. Woodson. You know, they, they talked a lot about what he did, but I still feel like they just barely scratched the surface to what Dr. Woodson has done for the black community. And then you know, we're going to just continue reading them and and listening to these pioneers because they have some really good 
um, people in this this little book that I flipped through and the things that um, black folks have done, you know, for generations ago. So that's my first announcement. My second announcement is that I am about to take a little summer recess break. And after next week, we have so we have one more episode after today, which will be next week. And then after that, I will be doing no more episodes until August the 19th. And that's when I will show back up on your phone notifications or your email notification or however you find out that I am releasing a new or have released a new podcast. That is when I will be back. And I'm just going to take some well-deserved time to myself. You know what I mean? Like I, that's what I get to do when I you know, work for myself. I could take time when I want to take time. But (laughs) at the same time, I also am going to take this time to think about how I want to revamp my podcast. I really want it to start going in the direction of really, really being specifically for my black listeners, my black people, my black community. Um, I just really feel like that is something that we need not only now, but that we've been needing um, we just need something for us. And I ain't got to explain what that something is to y'all. That's just what we need. And if you ain't black, you're more than welcome to keep listening. If you feel like that ain't going to be for you and that's not what you need, it's totally fine with me. If you decide that you want to unsubscribe and if you just feel in some kind of way about me saying, I want to make this about black people and my black listeners, then sweetie, I suggest that you go back to square one and you figure out what's happening with you culturally and you work on that. Okay. And I will pray for you. Anyway, the, um, structure of today's podcast. So what I am going to do is I'm going to just name some people who I feel exude black excellence. And then I'm going to talk about events, I guess we can call them. Y'all let me know what I should call them when I reveal them. But I'm gonna talk about three events or things that have taken place that I feel like just also exude black excellence. And then I'm going to end the show by just talking with you all about things that you can do to step into your black excellence. And I'm saying black excellence instead of words like you know, strength or resiliency, you know, or magic or anything like that, because I feel like those terms can really put a lot of unnecessary, unnecessary pressure on black people, um, to present in a certain way. And I don't want to do that. I feel like excellence is just a compliment, you know, just you being black is excellent. Um, just you, doing what you do day to day while being in your black skin is excellent. And so that's why I'm using black excellence instead of those other terms. So let's get to naming these people. So the first person I want to name is who I started off with at the top of the show, which is Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Um, Again, she's the mayor for Atlanta. And I'm not going to pretend like I've been following her for years and blah, blah, blah. But she is getting a lot more for me, I'll say. I'm noticing her a lot more um, because since this Black Lives Matter situation has re-evolved, she also is suspected to be one of the Black women that Joe Biden may name as a potential vice president. Um, 
And so that's why I'm getting a little more information about her out here living in the Bay Area. Um, but just from what I've seen of, of her the past couple of weeks, she exudes black excellence. First of all, I'd love when I see anybody black being a limelight and not trying to be anything besides their black self. That in and of itself is black excellence. And that is what she does. And I also appreciate it. The fact that she called out the black community, naming the fact that you and I and every other black person watching and listening need to really pay attention to how we are carrying ourselves, especially in the light of us having a re-uprising of Black Lives Matter. Like she just called the black community out and was like, if we don't take ourselves seriously, ain't nobody gonna take us serious. And so I just think that was excellent. Don Lemon, now y'all, everybody should know who Don Lemon is, the journalist on CNN. He got his own segment and everything. I love him. And I love how he has been talking about black issues on his platform. He is not watering down nothing for nobody. And I, I really, really appreciate the way that he is like handling this Black Lives Matter re-uprising and the way he's talking about it. And he also ain't falling for the okie doke that the white folks be trying to pull. If y'all listen to my me and my husband's podcast, you know we talked a little bit about this where um, Dave Chappelle had called out, um, <laughs> called out Don Lemon because um, Don Lemon had, you know, made a comment about where Black Hollywood was and Dave Chappelle responded to that. Well, hello. Yes, it's me again. I had to pause the podcast to promote my monthly newsletter. Are you subscribed to my newsletter? If so, thank you so much. If not, what are you waiting for? Go to my website at www.bloomintoyourbestself.com and sign up. I have a free version and a paid version. Both are outlined on my website and they are excellent. It's really no excuse for you not to be subscribing. So I expect for you to subscribe. All right, let's get back into the podcast. Um, on his 846 show, or not show, I guess it was a show that you guys can find on YouTube. It was really good. He did that right after the George Floyd um killing and you know Don uh, a, a white reporter basically tried to pit Don Lemon and Dave Chappelle against each other and said that Dave, Dave Chappelle was attacking Don Lemon it was really a bunch of white foolery and Don Lemon did such a great job of not falling for the okie doke and he did nothing but praise Dave Chappelle he did nothing but give him accolades and honored Dave Chappelle. And it was a beautiful moment where you saw that this black man who was a very high up there reporter, in my opinion, did not, he didn't fall for it. And that was black excellence. Um, and then we have Sonia Renee Taylor. I don't know if you guys have heard of her, but if you have Instagram, you need to follow her because she be speaking the truth about black issues. She is so raw. She is so just dope with the way that she um, presents information. And I've shared this information about her in cultural 
trainings that I do and the cultural consultation work that I do, you know, I've dropped her name um, several times. And so y'all need to follow her on Instagram. And for us that are black people, she just, it's just validating the way she talks about the experience, but she also helps to, um, I was going to say she helps to educate white folks, but she'd be checking white folks and white people be needing to get checked a lot. And so y'all, she's, she's an example of black excellence. Um, we have the balanced black girl podcast. I think her first name is Les. I could be wrong. I just got into her podcast like real recently, but again, from what I've heard and just how she speaks to us as black women, this is also very geared towards black women. Um, it's just really good. It's really, really good. It's really great. And it's just, it's wonderful. And something she said in a podcast I was listening to yesterday, as a matter of fact, she mentioned that we are not resources for white people or non-black people of color. And that is such a good point. And it's so validating and it's so important to hear we are not resources. And so she is an example of black excellence, just the way she does her um, her podcast and the, the guests that she has on there. It's just really, really great and well put together. Michelle Obama. Now y'all know I did a whole podcast on why she excellent. That podcast is episode number 34 and it's called Becoming. Y'all can just go listen to that. I don't even need to say nothing else but Michelle Obama's name and <laughs> just just her name is black excellence. I mean, I don't need to say nothing else and I'm not. And then we have Beyonce. Now I forget what episode it is, but I feel like I've mentioned this before. I ain't gonna sit up here in front and pretend like I'm this big old Beyonce fan. Cause I'm not, I'm not gonna lie and pretend like I'm, I am, but I like her music and I think she's dope. Um, I think she'd be making hits and all of that good stuff. I'm just not part of the beehive. Like the beehive people, I think are just, they are just in a world of their own. All due respect to y'all. Get it. Like I get it when you got an artist that you love. I'm just not part of that club. So I'm not going to pretend like I am. However, Beyonce is full of black excellence. Can't nobody take that away from her. Um, and so mentioning uh, Michelle Obama, she introduced Beyonce as the humanitarian award winner for the BET Awards this year. And I did not know that Beyonce did so much stuff. Like, y'all, for real, she is seriously a humanitarian. Like, I just didn't know that she was that deep into giving back to the culture and like, for real, like the black culture. So that that is that in and of itself was just great and it's just black excellence and you know when she came out with the formation song at the super bowl and she's just kind of been continuously like on this this blackness hype and loving blackness and all of that good stuff you know you just you can't not name her so after this commercial break i'm a piggyback on um kind of like Beyonce and leading into these events that I feel like have been taking place in the black community that are very good examples of black excellence. So I am going to take a break 
and probably drink me some water because my throat is like a little dry. I don't know what's happening, but <laughs> I'm gonna take a break and I want y'all to do what y'all normally do, change your position, get you some water, take you a drink, but listen to the commercials because you never know where I'm gonna put that um, second black pioneer. I'll be right back. Hey, you guys, you already know what this commercial is about. This is my business update where I let you all know what's happening with my business, what's new and what is going on. As I always say, make sure to always listen to this commercial in its entirety because it is ever changing. Everything that I'm about to share with you all can be found in more detail on my website, which is www.bloomintoyourbestself.com. That's where you can get more details. So as you all know, the first thing is I am continuing to work on my book, which is entitled Understanding and Working with the Issues in the Black Community. Is coming along really well, so keep your ear out for when it will be released. On August the 1st, I'm so excited to let you guys know that I am doing another cultural training, and this one is called Cultural Awareness When Working with African Americans, and you can get three continuing education units if you are eligible. It is an excellent training. Check it out on my website to see what it covers. And of course, my Cultural Edition Planner will be released on November the 6th and you guys can pre-order that now on my website so those are the things that are happening with my business as I said make sure to check out the details on my website because all that I have described here can help you bloom into your best self All right, y'all. So let's talk about these. I have three, I guess we can call them events. Again, I don't know what to call them, but I have three um, like things that have taken place in the black community that I feel like are just really, really good examples of black excellence. So piggybacking on Beyonce, like I said, I would do um, after the commercial break is homecoming. So if you guys have Netflix, she did... Like, you know, they said it was, I don't know if it's a movie, a documentary. I don't know what we can call it. It's kind of, it feels like it's all of the above. It feels like it's a little documentary and a musical all at the same time. But it was just a great performance. And it was full of blackness and the beauty of blackness. And it also tapped a little bit into like the inside of her life and what she navigates as a mother, what she navigates as a businesswoman, and then what she navigates just as a black woman in general. And on top of all that, it gave us a taste of the HBU experience, which she said that she wanted to do um, for people that haven't been able to go to an HBU um or just wanting to shed light on the importance of hbus it was excellent and so i just feel like that's like an event i guess we, i don't know if we can call it an event but that's that's something major that has taken place for the black community by the black community and that netflix special 
of homecoming just was amazing. And I think it just showed nothing less than black excellence. Um, the other thing was the BET Awards this year. So the 2020 BET Awards celebrating uh, 40 years, I believe it is, of um, BET, the Black Entertainment Television Network, I believe. Um, just them celebrating 40 years of blackness. Um, and I think this was the 20th, I'm almost positive this was the 20th anniversary of the BET Awards. Is I feel like I've been watching the BET Awards legit for like 20 years, which just continues to age me. But <laughs> but the BET Awards this year was really, really good. And And what made it excellent as far as Blackness is concerned is in the midst of COVID, which is something that is taken out Black people at alarming rates. And then in the midst of this re-uprising of the Black Lives Matter movement, which is continuing, Black lives are continuing to be taken for no reason. This award show gave us a break from all of that drama of COVID, of Black lives, and what all that brings. And it was done like with social distance. There was no audience. There was no, um, there, there was no audience, <laughs> like, which I thought it was going to be like a boring show. I thought it was going to be, you know, not exciting and not live, but it was so uplifting. And again, it gave us a break from all that's going on. But at the same time, while it gave us a break, it didn't ignore the issues at hand. It didn't sweep the issues under the rug and the issues were actually put in your face, but you still had a break. And if that ain't black excellence, I don't, I don't know what is. Like, I, I really don't know what it is. I mean, activism was present in this awards show. We completely honored the black experience. We completely honored the lives that were lost. We like named COVID and again, you still felt like you had a break from all that was going on in the world. And that in and of itself was just pure, downright excellent. Like BET always brings it, but this award show, man, that's all I can say is man. Um, Okay, the last thing, again, I don't know if this is an event, but I just feel like the protests that are taking place in regards to revisiting this Black Lives Matter movement have been excellent and have shown nothing but Black excellence. I mean, y'all might not realize or y'all might have forgot or y'all might not be paying attention to the fact that we still going strong six weeks at past six weeks, um, we almost going on seven weeks since George Floyd was murdered. And we are still protesting. We are still going out in the streets. We are still, you know, continuing to name that Black Lives Matter. We are really, really out there protesting and really being like, no, we tired of this and this needs to stop. And a majority of the protests have been peaceful. 
And so that is just, that is amazing. That is a wonderful thing to see. That is a wonderful thing to witness um, in this lifetime in light of awfulness that's happened. You know, beauty in the protest and beauty in the fight for um, change and the fight for Black lives to be treated with respect and humane, like all other lives are treated, is just continuing to show the excellence that we hold as Black people. So I'm going to have y'all take a break and then I'm going to come back and talk with you about how you can tap into your Black excellence um, in a second. I'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to receive services that truly consider your culture first? I mean, like really considered your culture first, not in a surface or fluffy way, but in a very deep, rich and validating way. Well, look no further. My husband and I have finally put our brains together on how we can provide services that consider your culture first. At Culture First Family Therapy and Training Services, we offer an array of services that help people truly become more culturally aware. From the trainings and workshops we develop and offer, to the consultations we provide, to training our supervisees to use their cultural lens when providing services to people of color, we believe in putting culture first. Go check out our website, and the services that we offer over at www.culturefirst with the number one.org. Again, that website is www.culturefirst.org. C U L T U R E, the number one. ST.org. We are so excited about this and we just look forward to helping you embark on the journey of cultural awareness by learning how to put culture first. Abraham born approximately 1790 and died somewhere around or after 1870. Abraham was a fugitive slave adopted by the Seminole Indians in 1826. Although uneducated, he was a pervasive and gifted speaker. He was spokesman for Chief Menapi during the period when the United States was relocating the Indians from Florida to Oklahoma and Kansas. He was referred to by the Indians as, quote, the prophet, high chancellor, and keeper of the king's conscience, end quote. Abraham was born to slavery in Pensacola, Florida, about 1790. He was reported to be a full-blooded Negro of large and powerful stature with a cast in his right eye. Although no parental information is recorded, records do indicate that Abraham married and fathered a daughter and two sons. In the early 1820s, he ran away and took shelter with the Seminole Indians. The Seminoles were a collection of many different tribes who banded together in the Florida swamps. 
and they provided a sanctuary to hundreds of runaway slaves. Abraham played a key role in both the Seminole Indian War and in their peace negotiations with the United States government. It was said that he ruled all the councils of the Indians through his influence over the chief. However, his main concern was for the blacks who lived among the Seminoles. Therefore, he opposed and blocked the relocation of the Indians for years. He feared that while traveling across Southern territory, many fugitives would be recaptured by their former masters. During the peace negotiations, he wanted a guarantee that his people would not be returned to slavery once they left the Indian sanctuary. In 1826, as Prime Minister and Privy Council to Chief Manapi, Abraham accompanied the Chief to Washington, D.C. to negotiate relocation plans. In 1832, as interpreter for the Seminoles, he witnessed the signing of the Removal Treaty. In 1833, Abraham went with the Seminole delegation to investigate the proposed site of the Indians' new home. For the next two years, he served as interpreter at all councils at which United States agents insisted on the Seminoles' removal. Not trusting the U.S. delegation, Abraham secretly encouraged Chief Menepe to resist. Meanwhile, Abraham stashed a supply of guns and ammunition and enlisted the support of the plantation slaves of the region. Relocation plans collapsed when the Indians learned they had been tricked and hostilities broke out December 28, 1835. Abraham proved to be a cunning and brave warrior, both feared and respected by the U.S. Army. During two years of bloody war, he and his black and Indian warriors fought General T.S. Jessup's soldiers all through the Florida swamps and at one time wiped out an entire company of Jessup's men. Abraham, expecting to be hanged and had, quote, decided to die if he must, like a man, in one more effort to save his people, end quote. Fortunately, Abraham was as wise as he was brave. Seeing that relocation was inevitable, he and two Seminole chiefs, Jumper and Alligator, agreed to a peace conference with Jessup in 1837. Due to Abraham's diplomatic finesse, an agreement was made for the Seminoles to relocate, accompanied by their black allies. Later, the assumed treaty was broken by white agents and hostilities resumed. Under the threat of hanging by government agents, Abraham continued to work for peace. Working through Chief Manapi, he brought about the surrender and compliance of the other chiefs. And later in 1837, a second treaty was signed with a protection clause for blacks. By 1839, the Seminoles and Abraham moved west, and Abraham slowly sank into obscurity. In 1870, it was reported that he was a prosperous cattle rancher who lived on the Little River. U.S. officers who reported on the Seminole War all agreed on Abraham's intelligence and described him as, quote, 
obviously a great man. Y'all, so I am back. And so what we are about to do, I'm gonna still still a little phrase that I say over on me and my husband's podcast. We are culture first, if y'all haven't listened to it yet. And that little phrase is I'm gonna help y'all tap into your black excellence. So if y'all listen to that podcast, then you've heard me say this before. And let's just address the elephant in the room. If you wondering where our new episodes are at, listen, sweetie, they coming, okay? Just, you got to remember, me and my husband are navigating a whole corporation though, like a whole company. And we also are navigating our individual project projects that we're doing. Like we have little individual things that we working on um, business wise. And let's not forget the most important, that we are actually raising a whole little human and we are raising her to be the, the best little, cutest little thing that she can be. And we are raising her to be in her little black excellence and to be a little African queen. Just that in and of itself is a whole lot. Okay. So all I can tell y'all is our episodes is coming. Catch up or re-listen to the ones that's out. And just know when we release our episodes, they are always full of fire. So they worth the wait. All right. I digress. Anyway. So let me help you tap into your black excellence. I'm gonna give y'all a couple of tips. And so the first one is, I really want you to take time to surround yourself with other forms of black excellence. And I think as black people, we don't give ourselves enough credit. And sometimes we feel like it's hard for us to find like representation of black excellence. But I really wanna challenge y'all to re- shift like the way you thinking about black excellence um because you got to just remember that you got black excellence like literally right in your backyard like really really think about the fact that you got family members and black friends and even black co-workers like right at your fingertips just really think about the fact that them being black people and us being black people and surviving as black people, just that alone is excellence, right? But then if you add things that we all have to do on a day-to-day basis, whether it's our jobs, whether it's our homes, whether it's our, you know, being supportive to our family or raising children, when you add that on top of surviving as a black person, that's black excellence at its finest. So pay attention to the people that are in your lives that are black, because nine times out of 10, they are full of black excellence. And if you decide to like sit and listen to them, share their story and their life with you, you will see all the things that they have done that have been nothing but, but the excellence of blackness. Um, And then I think the other thing is the next two things I'm going to give you are like around kind of like avoiding certain stuff. And I'll name why that's going to help you step into your blackness after I explain them. But um, I think I want you all to follow the advice of the lady that does the Balanced Black Girl podcast where she named We Are Not Resources 
for white people or non-black people. And I really think you all need to pay attention to like these subtle signs that people who aren't black give us, right? There's always like a little hint somewhere that you are a resource. And when I say resource, I actually don't mean just like a racial resource or a cultural awareness resource, but I even mean the fact of like just being a resource for people, like a resource of support or a resource of information in a certain area. Um, we got to also be careful of that too, because as black people, a lot of times we are sucked dry. Like people take and take and take and take. And a lot of times they don't give, even if they think they give in. And so really just pay attention to that. And so I feel like the subtle signs that somebody is trying to use you as a resource is wanting you to like elaborate more on a thought and like really trying to pull information and pull information and pull information, right? Sometimes that can really be hinting on the fact that they trying to use you as a resource or learn from you, you know, and get all this extra information that they just need to go and do elsewhere, like not with you. And I think another, other two things that go hand in hand that shows that you can possibly be being used as a resource by people is if somebody only call you every blue moon and then when they do call you it's because they want something like they don't really want to connect with you they just trying to connect with some information or something that you got that can benefit them or on the flip side you notice that this person starts calling you more and more and you can almost fall for the trap of feeling like oh this person now wants to connect and after a couple of increases in phone calls or reach outs then you realize that that person actually needed something because then it comes out with what it is that they want so just pay attention to not letting yourself be a resource for folks like and and especially if we are looking at this cultural awareness train definitely don't let yourself be a resource or a token for non-black people. Like like the lady saying the balanced black girl, a resource is like a book or a spreadsheet. Like you ain't a resource. The other tip that I want to give you and help you to like kind of avoid is I think it's important for you to like distance yourself if you need to, right? Like and by that I'm really am talking about this cultural work. Like you don't have to engage in certain cultural conversations with white or non-black folks about your experience as a black person like you just don't have to do that and you can pick and choose who you want to talk to right so if you do want to talk to one white person in your life but then you don't want to talk to another white person in your life that's actually okay right like you you can do that and then to take it a step further you can also be open and talking to one person, one non-black person, should I say. And then that same person you might not want to talk about your experience with the next time. And that's okay. Like your black experience is your experience. And you don't have to make this experience like your experience. You ain't got to make your experience about anybody else's experience. Because then it becomes their experience or a shared experience. And that's not what we're doing. Like, 
your experience is your experience and how you respond or not respond is your choice and you need to feel empowered in that. Um, and the reason I feel like those, these last two with me encouraging you to avoid certain things is I feel like when you start separating yourself from certain stuff and distancing yourself a little bit, you can get some clarity and insight into what you really need to enhance your already excellent black self. So take the time you need, take the separation you need, avoid the things that don't really seem to suit you well and don't overthink it like pay attention to your intuition and listen to it because it is it's there for a reason so that's my rant y'all that's the rant for today leave me a comment let me know what you think leave me a review remember you can always follow me on instagram at bloom into your best self i'm pretty active on that social media platform for most of the time um and so yeah follow me there if you want to the cultural tidbit for today is i want you guys to either journal or meditate on what makes you excellent as a black person right like whatever you think it is there's not a right or wrong answer but i really want you to just really really think about that question like what makes you excellent as a black person think about it and you know let let the answer go wherever it shall all right remember next week will be our final episode before my summer recess begins. So next week will be part two of my series on history repeating itself. Remember that podcast episode will be a compliment to the newsletter that will also be released next week. So make sure that you sign up for my newsletter so that you can read the the issue because next week episode will actually fall into place and make sense once you read the newsletter that accompanies it. Okay. Okie dokie. Until the next time we chat, I really hope that you do something that'll help you bloom into your best self. And I am so excited for you to come back and join me next week so that you can walk another day in my culture.